And next to a new survey from Restaurants Canada, which shows that many eateries, as many as 75% from across the country, will not recover from the COVID-19 pandemic without some form of rent relief. Now, James Rylette is the vice president of Restaurants Canada. He joined my colleague Kelly Cotrera earlier on the radio station. And here's Mr. Rylette with the most worrisome thing that they saw in the survey. We actually broke it down into sectors. So um, the most worrisome thing we saw was 50% of restaurants, independent restaurants, uh, are are sure that they won't open, reopen after this is over. Um, that's that's a worrying stat. It, it, it's basically the heart of the industry is the independent restaurants, and uh, and you'll see that just torn right out. He also went on to say that many chains will have to close down a location because of rent concerns. Almost all multi-unit uh, owners, such as chains, um, expect to, to close some of their um, some of their restaurants. So we don't have actual numbers on that, but uh, that that will uh, seriously affect all the other um, restaurants. And the the main thing that people are worried about is rent, um, because mm-hmm. basically, if you don't pay your rent, you you don't have a place to reopen when when this is over. Tony Chapman is the host of the podcast Chatter That Matters, and he has been speaking with small business owners attempting to find solutions and help them through this difficult period, and he joins me now. Mr. Chapman, how are you this afternoon? Jeff, good, and always great to be on your show. Always great to have you. Okay, 50%, anywhere between 50 to 75%, that is a pretty big number. Wondering, what are you hearing from the restaurant sector, Tony, when it comes just to the short term? Without rent relief, could half or even more restaurants be gone from the landscape? That's a pretty accurate statistic, and a couple of reasons that we have to think about. Even before COVID-19, a lot of these people were hanging on with very thin margins. We had a big labor increase, especially in Ontario, food costs for inflation, uh, trucking costs, uh, city bureaucracy, taxes, rent increases, all of this stuff, lots of pressure on their system and really hard to put price increases to the consumer. They're getting to the point where I'm just not willing to pay $20 for a hamburger. So they're already at a very thin margin. Then COVID-19 hits, shuts them down. They've still got all their fixed expenses. And so, you know, the resilience is really, they're already were weakened, and this is going to push a lot of them over. And the only way we're going to solve this is uh, is if we find a way to give them rent relief, but that's something that has to be done, you know, on a long-term basis, which means the supply and demand. So a lot of empty restaurants, guess what? The rents will probably come down, but in the short term, that's that's not a that's not a fix for what you're going to see in your main street. That's the energy of your main street. That's the vibrancy and the flair is your restaurant. So you lose those, and you're losing a lot of what, uh, in many cases, holds up your property value. All right, so if rent relief is required and required now for a lot of these restaurants to survive and get through this pandemic, Tony, is this something that's got to come from government? Does the city of Toronto need to talk to a landlord, or is this something that can happen kind of on an ad hoc basis that every restaurant owner maybe needs to talk to their landlord? Well, it has to really, I mean, everybody has to talk to their landlord. I I don't think we can continue to put this Band-Aid on this wound, which is just more federal money. Uh, more city money, because ultimately we have to get back to an economy that makes sense. I think we're going to see a lot of closures of restaurants. And I think the other thing that's happening, this company called Ghost Kitchens, which are now operating restaurants without a a door. You don't come into them other than to get takeout or Uber comes in to get delivery. So they're literally ghost kitchen. They're operating, you know, strip malls that have a, a parking lot. And that might be the future of a lot of our restaurant food as well. We'll just get it delivered. 
as opposed to go and sit down. Because even after COVID-19, I'm not sure how soon it will be that people are going to willing to get into a crowded restaurant, wait in line to, for the bathroom and all the other things that we've kind of been, you know, preconditioned not to do for the last couple of months. So it, it's a changing world. And there's, without question, even with some rent relief, we're going to see a lot less restaurants. And that's sad. I was about to ask you about the long term. What will restaurants look like coming out of this and into the future? And you think that definitely is the future, that it's going to be these so-called ghost kitchens and more delivery? Aren't people going to still want that experience? Because part of going to a restaurant, as you well know, Tony, is just not only the, the great food and a great chef uh, that's uh, you know in the kitchen, but also the ambience of the restaurant. That's, that's something you just can't replicate at home. I agree. The buzz, the energy. I mean, I love watching sports in a crowded bar. You know, because you feel the energy of the crowd. It's tough because until they either have a vaccination or uh, we feel very confident about being in public, restaurants are built. The only way they do it is crowded and turning a lot of tables. That's the economics of restaurants. If you go to a, your typical pub and now say, well, you've got to take out half of your tables and yet you need the same labor or almost the same labor, that, the economics doesn't work. So we will definitely want it as a consumer. The question is, can we afford it? I mean, how many people are going to be able to afford to pay twice the meal because there's less, there's half the crowd? That's a tough, tough proposition. So over time, I think what you'll see is you'll see a whole new protocol for cleaning. You'll never see a wait staff take a rag and clean your table and go to the next table and clean it up. They're going to have to have a whole new sense of how they deliver food, how your utensils are packed. All sorts of things are going to have to change, but that's going to take time to digest. And in the short term, it's these independents, these people that have put their life savings that work 16-hour days. They're in the market first thing in the morning to get the best produce so they can somehow make a bit of money on their on their broccoli special. All of that is going to go away, and that's a lot of creative people. That's a lot of employment, over 1.2 million in Canada alone. That's a big blow to our economy. Yeah, you talk about the cleaning protocols needing to change and how you deliver or present the food table side. Are these the sort of things, Tony, that restaurants need to be thinking about and discussing now? Because if they try to reopen with, I don't know, kind of a business-as-usual mindset, uh, are they in danger of being caught flat-footed? Absolutely. Right now, if you're going to get back in business, you're going to change your protocol. No dirt on your windows. Walk in and signal clean. Your bathrooms have got to be spotless. Uh, the way you get you, the protocol of how people serve the food has got to change. The uniforms have got to be clean. Everything's got to signal to people this is a pristine environment, number one. Second thing is you've got to signal you're open for business, and that's, that's going to require you to really get back out and work with the, your local business improvement associations and say, hey, we're ready to start it up. What else can we talk about? Is the flower shop ready to go? How do we kind of celebrate the, the return of Main Street? So don't do it alone. Do it in partnership with the other people on the street. And three, really build your takeout business. Re- really focus on the fact that uh, this can help you, uh, especially if the government continues to let you to sell beer and wine. This can give you a bit of a break to, uh, to move some additional dollars that doesn't require the kind of, uh, you know, the wait staff and bartenders and stuff that uh, when you have people come in and eat. So all three of the things you got to do, you also got to sit down with your landlord and say, it's, if it's not me, who will it be? And trying to negotiate a great deal uh, that way. And, and look to people like Restaurants Canada. They've got a lot of programs out there that are already in place that says you don't have to reinvent. Just simply follow uh, follow protocol that people are saying is uh, ready, fire, and let's get back to business. 
Yeah, just finally, Tony, what about customers, restaurant customers that are concerned about their favorite favorite eatery or restaurant? I saw you online the other day picking up some uh, takeout. Is that the best way that they can support their favorite restaurants uh, in the short term? Two programs. There's takeout day, which is that happens on uh, Wednesdays, but you can do it any day. Anytime you're buying, you're helping your local restaurants take food out, that's so good for their business. And the second thing is Rally for Restaurants, which is a program that Stella Trois is doing where you can buy a gift card to your local restaurant. Stella will actually top it up, so your 25 bucks turns to $35. And in doing that, that, that provides a much-needed cash flow to the restaurants now. So the two of those programs, I think, are a great, great way to do it. And I'll just reach out if you know the publican or the owner and send them a note saying, hey, what can I do? And, you know, can I come buy some food? I, I, I want you to be back in business. I can't wait to come and see it because they just feel like they're isolated. They're, the one, they're almost shamed now to be a restaurant. Uh, as opposed to being where, you know, that was my favorite place to go. They're the first people that the city officials cut uh, cut off and said, you can't open. And so we got to kind of just send a signal to them that we, we love them, we care about them, and we want them back in business. Tony Chapman, the host of the podcast Chatter That Matters. As I mentioned off the top, he is speaking with small business owners and trying to find solutions and help them through this difficult period. If you're a small business owner and you're not listening to this, you are missing out. Find it where you find your favorite podcasts. Tony, appreciate the time as always. Looking forward to having a beer with you at our local pub soon and later, Jeff. That'd be great.